If you're new here, um, some of the older people are going, who is this guy? Because I don't usually wear this, but you'll see. You'll see why shortly. And uh, by the way, if you're wearing a suit, Phil, um, this message is not intended to bring harm or any kind of accusation toward you whatsoever. And you'll get that in just a minute. All right. We good? Yeah, I think we are. I love you. By the way, welcome back, guys. Larry, I heard you went too. Uh, four guys took off, went on a hike. They weren't supposed to be here this morning. And uh, the weather changed their mind. And, and they, they came back. Plus, uh, Bill was going to cook a sucker, and they all said, uh-uh, I would rather eat my wife's cooking. Than... No, I'm just messing. I'm sure that sucker would have been good, but maybe. So how many have been getting anything out of this the work of the Holy Spirit. All right. And, and listen, when I put these things together, you know, <laughs> I, my prayer is, Lord, let this be from you. Because if it's in the flesh, especially with this topic, I'm really messing it, mess, missing it, messing up. So I really believe that today is just another one of those where, you know, Lord, the Lord builds precept upon precept, and it's difficult when you have so many in your congregation that are from split families, and they're here one week, gone the next, and I hope that those folks, if you're one of those, I hope you are able to catch the messages in between on uh, live stream, uh, or you can go back, they're archived, or on the audio, because you do miss things if you're not able to build as the Lord is doing in here, and I really sense that God is, as I already said, he's trying to take us to a new place, a new realm. We pray, God, give us an open heaven, but what does that mean? In this picture, again, I just, <laughs> Bill, man, this is awesome. I just thought, wow, how will we respond? Yeah, where's, where's Marina? How will we respond? Will we jump into his arms? I hope so. I hope so. What are we doing now? Do we enjoy it when he shows up? What about your private time? Do we jump into his arms? Oh, God, show us. Show us more. Pour into us. So this is part three of the work of the Holy Spirit. And if I had a subtitle, it would be In Spirit and Truth. And that'll make a lot of sense here in just a minute. In spirit and truth. You'll get it. It'll, it'll be thrown at you here more than once. So this might surprise you. Probably not, but it might. But I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share this to, as I introduced this message today. Here's the point. God is not a man. Can you say that with me? God is not a man. God is not a man. Now would you stand with me? Father, we are humbled as men and women, boys and girls, Lord, to be in your presence. We are human. You are not. As Scripture says so clearly, Lord, we pray that you would divinely knit us together with you. We all have a spirit, but it's wrapped up with flesh. Lord, I pray today that you would help us to put our flesh aside and to hear with our spirit today. Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see what the Spirit of God is saying and speaking to us today. 
We want more of you, and we want to know how to get to that place. And we invite you, Lord, have your way. Would you say that with me? Have your way, Lord. Say it again. Have your way, Lord. I give you permission to change me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now you can sit down. So my proof text for this is found in the book of Numbers, short verse, verse 19. And let me just give you the, the preface to it. King Balak, he had come to uh, the prophet Balaam and he said, Balaam, I want you to curse Israel. Because Israel was growing, this king was afraid that they were going to take his land over, so he wanted Israel to be cursed. So he went to him and he said, I'll pay you a lot of money if you'll do this for me. And in the meantime, he said, I'm going to go offer up a, a fire to my God, little G. And Balaam said, okay, while you're doing that, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to talk to Jehovah God, big G. And I'm going to see what he says about this. And let me read, this is what the Holy Spirit told the prophet Balaam to say in response to this king's request. God is not a man. Say that with me again. God is not a man. You need to get this in your spirit today. God is not a man, so he does not lie. Isn't that good news? How many have ever been lied to by your best friend? I'm talking human, all right? Has Jesus ever lied to you? No. God does not lie. He cannot lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. How many have friends who are so fickle, one day they're doing this, the next day they're doing this, and you really struggle with, maybe it's your spouse, I don't know. But it's difficult because they change their mind. But how many know that God, when he says something, it settles it. That's it. He doesn't change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act, the Bible asks. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? And of course, the answer is no. He always follows through. He does what he says he's going to do in his time, but he always follows through. God is not a man. Not only is God not a man, but his thoughts are nothing like your thoughts or my thoughts, right? Isaiah 55. Some of you probably have this memorized. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. You don't think so? Get on a telescope and look out at night. We don't have a clue. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts Higher than your thoughts. Now, is God, is, is he boasting here? He's just telling us the truth. He's not beating us up. He's not saying, you guys are a bunch of dummies. He created us. We're in his image. But he's way smarter than we are. And he doesn't think like we think. Are there any gods in here today, little G? I didn't think so. Nope, just one, right? God is not a man. He is not human. His ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. Everybody got it? Can't move on until you do. All right. Why does this matter? Because 
How you define God creates your expectations of him and your response to what he requires from you. Let me say that again. How you define God, human, spirit, whatever. This is what creates your expectations of him. It's so important to get this part. And that's why he had me go here. How many have ever been to the mall? Some of us. Chris can't raise her hand because her one arm's down and the other one's holding her phone and could hold the cell phone. I'm picking on you. So let me ask you this. If the security guard came up to you and said, what you're doing is wrong and you need to leave, even though maybe you weren't doing anything wrong, but that's what he told you, what, what would you do? Would you? Most people would do what? Argue with them, laugh at them, like, what? Who are you? But if the security guard comes, or security guard, if the policeman comes to you fully armed in all his authority with his badge on and he says, you're not doing this right, you need to leave, most of us, except for you rebels, would leave. Is there a difference? And the reason I brought that up is because when you see God as anything less than spirit, it changes how you perceive his authority and what he's capable of. When you see him as almighty God, spirit, you realize what he can do and what you should do in response to what he can do. Just like that policeman could lock you up, handcuff you, and lock you up, God could just go, <laughs> he wouldn't even have to do that. He'd just go, and he'd be gone. But that's not the, aren't you glad we serve a loving God? Woo, yes, hallelujah. You and I must know who God is. We must know the difference between he and us, that vertical relationship, in order to get everything out of this relationship that he wants from us and we can get from him. But if we see God as a man, or even superman, we're going to fall short. That relationship that we have with him is going to be distorted and we will be grossly disappointed. Only when we see God for who he really is, spirit and not man, can we relate to him properly. All right? So when your perspective of the Lord is right, your relationship with him is win-win. Winning for you, winning for him. Because he wants that relationship with us. That's the beauty of this whole thing. So the preacher's up here today saying, you need to get your relationship with Jesus right so that you can both win. And that's what God wants. This should be our goal. Who doesn't want more from their relationship with the Lord? Are you settled? Are you satisfied with where you are today? I was beating myself up this week. Lord, 
I know you want to do so much more. What have I missed? What opportunity didn't I see because I wasn't plugged in with you like I should have been? I didn't hear his voice because there was so much commotion going on around me. God, help me to hear. Help me to be the person you want me to be. And I don't come to church to have fun. That doesn't mean we can't have fun. Our kids have fun. Kids should have fun. I come here because I want more. I want more in my relationship with the Lord. I want more externally. I want Him to use me more. But it takes work to get to that place. Salvation is a free gift from God, but what comes next is up to us. And you have to labor for it sometimes. I come to get something, to learn something, to even to feel something. Is it all right if we say that? Do you ever feel God? If you didn't, you wouldn't be here. I've known people, met people that have said, I've never felt the Lord. You know what I have for them? Pity. Because I have. Compassion. Because I've experienced it. And they haven't. And what does that do when you feel the Lord? You don't want to leave that place. How many, when you were first born again, God did like a honeymoon period for about six months? Have you ever wondered, why does that stop? Because we live by faith. And if he was always in us and on us, like he starts in us and on us at the beginning, we wouldn't have to have faith. I experienced God today. I experienced God again. But after about six months, it was like all of a sudden I realized, Lord, huh? Where'd he go? He didn't go anywhere. He just took the feeling away to see if that's what brought me to him. Norm, are you plugged into me just because you get a good feeling? Or do you really love me? You know, we could even translate this over to our marriages. Do you stay with your husband or your, your, your wife because of the feeling or because you really love them? You're with me still. And here's the thing, as much as I want all this from our, our Heavenly Father, He wants it for me. He wants to bless us. So here's the main scripture for the day, John 4, 23 and 24. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have your cell phones, you can turn there, Chris. If you can do it one-handed. Oh, she's having to enter her password. No, I'm just going through. Giving you a blow-by-blow down here. That one. Reading from the New Living Testament, as I often do. But the time is coming, Jesus said. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. 
The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. Verse 24, for God is spirit. Sing with me. God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So obviously the word spirit, most of you know this, comes from the word pneuma. And depending on whether it's relating to God or us, it could either be capitalized or not. Obviously we would be not, all right? So in the Greek, when it talks about being a worshiper, this is what it means. The word is proskunio, and it means to adore or reverence. How many do that with the Lord? You just love the daylights out of him, all right? And it gives the idea of one crouching down to pay homage. And I, I don't really want to get down right now because I'm going to fall apart if I do. But it's, if you would think of a king when you walk into his court and you get in front of the king. In the old days, if you didn't do this, they would just cut your head off or throw you in prison. But today they're a little more civil about it. But you're expected to get down and bow down or crouch down and, and honor the king, right? They still do that in England. We just don't have that around us. You animal lovers are going to enjoy this. This is a, another illustration. Imagine you come home and you've got a big goofy dog like me. And his name's Rudy. Tongue hanging out. And as soon as he gets to me, he licks my hand. Why does he do that? Grab your neighbor's hand and lick it. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But how many have dogs? I've been hanging around Barb. <laughs> your animal loves you, is loyal to you. As soon as Rudy hears me coming up the drive, he knows my truck noise, and he starts barking, and it drives Barb crazy. And he won't shut up till I'm in the house. And he, and he has to lick my hand. Of course, he also gives me the sniff test. You know, you've been hanging out with any other dogs? Just, just to make sure I've been faithful to him. But that's the idea that this proscunio gives. The idea of us being loyal to God and loving him so much that when he shows up, we do this. Bill, you couldn't, have, you couldn't have provided a better object lesson. Thank you, Jesus. We jump into his arms. We're all subjects of the Lord, right? If you're born again, you're a subject of the king. As such, we need to see him as the king of kings and lord of lords. The supreme being of the universe. Nothing is over him. All things are under him including his enemies. And one of the requirements, as this verse passage says, is we are to worship him. We are to worship him, adore him, spend time at his feet, loving him. The second part of this passage, which we need to get, and this is important. Oops. Do the right one, Norm. There we go. What does it mean to worship the Lord in spirit and truth? How many ask that question? Do you know what does it mean? Do you think it means that we go to him praying in the tongues? You see, again, the only place 
where that H is capital, or the Spirit is capital, is where the Holy is before it. And that's one little place. Let me go back. See that? God is what? Verse 24. Spirit, capital. The rest of it is little s. That's you and me. So when the, Holy, when the Bible talks about us being in spirit and truth, it's talking about our spirit man inside of us. Not the Holy Spirit, not, not geared up, filled, baptized. That's not what this is talking about. It's talking about you and me coming to God just as we are in spirit and in truth. Let's reread that. Time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So having reread this, let me ask you this. When you go into your prayer closet, do you expect something to happen? Some of you are saying yes. Do you expect it from the Lord? Okay, good. When you go to church, do you expect something to happen? Do you expect the Lord to do something in your life? Because if you don't, you're going to get what you expect. So if, if your expectations are low, your results are going to be subpar. Man, I just never feel God. I, I don't know why He doesn't ever come in and, and make me feel better. Maybe it's because your expectations are down here. You need to begin to see who God is. He's spirit. He's the king of the universe. What can't he provide for you, give you, want to give you? But you need to expect it by faith. We live by faith, not by sight. And here's the thing, if your expectations are high, you're going to win big. The results are going to be huge. I have watched people who have outfaithed me. <laughs> and you know what I feel? I, I feel like that could have been me. Why isn't it me? Is God a respecter of people? Does he love Pastor Roger more than me? Or vice versa? No. So if you go to him and say, I just want you, Lord. I always tell people this. When you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, do you go after the tongues? No, you go after the giver of the tongues. He'll take care of the rest. And the same is true here. When we worship Him in spirit and in truth, we need to go to Him realizing we need Him. We need God in our lives. I can't do this by myself. We must go to Him in spirit and in truth. Most scholars would agree that to worship in the Spirit can come in the form of either the Holy Spirit or our little spirit. And as I already said about this passage, 
This is referring to us in the, in the man spirit, the spirit God puts in us after we're born again. In fact, here's what one scholar suggested. He said, referring to the Beatitudes, how many are, are, are familiar with those? Beatitudes. Matthew 5, 3. I'm sorry, let me get a drink. For some reason, I'm a little raspy. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When I first read this, I was like, what? How does that relate to what we've just been talking about? Those, those who come to the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. What does that have to do with this? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Did you ever think about that? Ponder that just for a minute. I want to read this from the Bible Exposition Commentary. It says, This does not mean to be poor-spirited and have no backbone. All right? Poor in spirit is the opposite of the world's attitudes of self-praise and self-assertion. It is not a false humility that says, I am not worth anything. I can't do anything. How many have heard Christians say that? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what this means it is honesty with ourselves say this with me it's honesty with me hang on to that we know ourselves accept ourselves and try to be ourselves to the glory of God this is saying that when you come to God he wants you all of you and nothing fake He wants you to come to him with all that you have. No pretense. We're created by him. God loves us the way we are. The way he created you to be. I'm always going to be Norman no matter how much I deny that. And I've denied it many times. I don't want to be Norman anymore. You know, that doesn't work. So I might as well be honest with myself and embrace who I am. Would you give me just a minute? Many of us, we come to church not really as who we are. We put on our best church clothes, our best church faces, get our hair all done up. We don't want anybody to think poorly of us. Like I said, Phil, this has nothing to do with you because I love it when you wear your suits. When we come in here, we put on our happy faces. How many know what I'm talking about? You're on the way to church, and your kids are fussing, and one of you yells. The other one says, don't pick on him. And then you start arguing. And you pull in the church parking lot, and one of you says to the kids, don't you dare say a word to anybody about your mom and dad arguing. Why? Why does that matter? Because we don't want anyone knowing that we just had a fight. That life isn't perfect, even though we try to make it look like it is. In fact, many of us manufacture this man-made look. You know, I used to revert to fake Norman. 
religious Norman when I went to prayer or when I entered the church. Not anything I'm proud of. But I didn't want people to know that, you know what? There's stuff going on in my life. Stuff I'm not happy about. Sin, maybe? Sure. Attitude adjustment? I need it. But I didn't want people to know that. So I'd put on my fancy outfit and I'd walk out in my fancy clothes thinking that would make all the difference. You know what? It didn't. It didn't. This is me. Some of you said this morning, oh, pastor, looking good. Hey, you look like a pastor today. (laughs) I already said this, and I mean it. I love it when people dress to come to church especially for the right reasons. And I bl- Phil, I believe you come in here, man, you don't do that like what I just talked about. You're real. Yes. You love to honor the Lord with how you dress. Mm-hmm. Praise God. And, and I, be- I was that way years ago until I moved up here and after about three years and I noticed everybody's in jeans except me. And I'm like, ah, wait a minute, I like jeans. <laughs> Where in the Bible does it say the pastor has to wear a, a suit and tie? It doesn't. So back to the message. How should I come to church? How should I go to God in my prayer closet? As Norman, as Roger, as Mary, as Adam. Not Adam all made up or Norm all made up. Oh man, if I don't put my tie on or What's God going to do with me? He's spirit. It won't bother him. Your neighbors. So you still do that. But you don't have to worry about that with God. He can handle your stinky armpits. We need to come to the Lord in honesty, integrity, believing he is in control. Scrap that made-up person that you fall into when you don't want others to know what you're going through. Hear this. We are the church. Say that with me. And that means if you're hurting, we're hurting. So why are you keeping it from us? You sit there in that seat just falling apart. You can't enjoy the worship. There's nothing going to happen today that you're going to receive because you're wallowing in self-pity. You know what you should have done when you first came in? Grabbed a brother or sister by the arm and said, would you pray with me? This is what's happening. This is what I'm struggling with. Why? So you can be set free. And enjoy the mood, the atmosphere, the feeling of God is in the house. But you got to be set free in order to be able to do that. And if you're all bound up with sin or whatever else it is, self, it's not going to happen. Those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The Lord wants me to come to him in spirit and truth. 
My attitude should be like Jesus' attitude, the be attitude. This means the attitude you should be. You with me? Let me read Matthew 5, 3 in the message. Some of you are here today, and this is you. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Some of you are in this room today, and you are at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and His rule. Some of you need to really grab this. Before you leave, you need to transition into that new place. Listen, God wants to do the supernatural in you. He is spirit. He can do that. I know that some of you have had a difficult week, month, year, even life. You know what that means to God? You're right where He wants you. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. What's He going to do about it? (laughs) It gives Him room to do the supernatural. The key to getting this John 4, 23 is to admit to yourself and others who you really are. Stop pretending. In 2 Corinthians, and I wanted to read this because it really drives the point home. 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, he's explaining to the church in his letter, he was really frustrated because they kind of not received his uh, authority. So he's trying to show off a little bit just to say, look, I am who God made me to be. I am an apostle. You need to listen. And he says, he says, look, I went to heaven. <laughs> like, he could have looked around the room and gone, how many of you been there? All right? I went to heaven, whether in the spirit or out of the spirit, or in the body or out of the body, I don't know. But I went there. God told me some things that were so secret I can't even share them with you. Are, you ever heard anything like that, huh? Nah, 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 nah. All right, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. It could have been what he said, kind of like that. This would be the Norm Peterson rendition. Speaking of that, I wanted to read this from the message. But before I do, Paul went to the Lord, and, he, and he, after he explains all this cool stuff, Then he goes, but there was this one thing that was driving me bananas. Clarence, you ever had anything that just like, if only I could deal with this. And Paul said it was driving him bananas, nuts. If I say ice cream, we got a banana split. (laughs) He didn't know what to do with it. Here's this guy that went to heaven. He knew God so well. He was intimate with him. But yet, there was something going on in him. Whether it's physical or mental, we don't know. Three times he asked, Lord, take it away. (sighs) What did the Lord say? My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Some of you need to hear this today. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 and following. That's the context where this is going. Because of the extravagance of those revelations, I'm sorry, 
And so I wouldn't get a big head, Paul said. I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. I love that. At first I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. You still with me? Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. The last verse I want to read. Now I take my limitations in stride. And with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Hallelujah. For when I am weak, then I am strong, the new King James says. When my granddaughter, and I, we have her this week, <laughs> I'm a happy papa. I was papa, oh, now I'm papo. She renamed me. I'll take it. Papo. And Mima was Mima. Now she's Mimi. She doesn't care. She can call me anything she wants. When she's alone, when she's on her own, she's getting her feet under her, but she's still weak. She's a little girl, one and a half. But when she's in her dad's arms, nothing's going to hurt that little girl. Nothing. She's safe. She's secure. This is what the Father wants us to get. When you come to Him in spirit and in truth, it doesn't matter what you're going through, what junk's in your life. We all got junk in the trunk. All of us. None of us is perfect. When you come to Him and you jump up into His arms, you know what He's going to do? He's going to love you. He's going to protect you. He's going to help you to be the person he wants you to be. That's what it means to come to him in spirit and in truth. Listen to this part. When you're honest with God, everything that is his is yours. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the what? Did you ever catch that part before? When you're humble with the Lord and you're truthful with Him and you come to Him, He'll give you the kingdom. That's good news. So as I begin to close, coming to God in spirit, little s, 
is what the Lord expects. As I've already said, our spirit is where our feelings come from. It's also where we develop personal relationships. It requires us to be honest, sometimes brutally honest. Again, just commenting on a child as I close. Jesus said this, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sin and become, what? Like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The greatest get everything. The greatest are rewarded. So when you become uninhibited by jumping into the arms of your loving Heavenly Father, like a child, like we would jump into our daddy's arms. Abba, Father. Can you say that with me? Abba, Father. That's a term of endearment. Your Father loves you, and He wants the best for you. And in order to get that, all you need to do is spend time with Him. Get to know Him. Come to Him in truth. And if you're hung up on something, go to him and say, help. (laughs) Help. Can you say that? Help. Well, Pastor Norm, you know what? I've messed up my whole life. You know, 60 years, 40 years, whatever it is. I don't know why I'm using this voice, but that's who I think I'm sounding like. What's God going to do with that? You know what he's going to do? First, he's going to forgive you. Because <laughs> that's a starting place. Put the blood of Jesus on it. Washed clean. As far as the east is from the west, that's how he'll see your sin from that point forward. Second, you're renamed. You're going to know that name when you get to heaven. But right now, <laughs> Papo, right now I'm still me. And when I go to God, He wants me just as I am. No pretense. No makeup. I don't even have to comb my hair. We appreciate it when you do. But as I said, the Lord, not so important. He wants this. Would you stand with me? The Father earnestly desires and is in the process of seeking true worshipers. What that requires is that you are honest with yourself and your church family, and I put emphasis on that today. Accept who you are. You don't have to be anybody else. Be who you are, because that's who God created. Come to the Lord. Worship Him as a little child. Again, I'm, I'm, and he's down here on his knees already. I'm just going to pick on Troy. You know, I love it. When we used to worship in Lansing, we had a young man similar to Troy, that, and he was tall. He was like 6'6", and he'd just come up, and he'd just start doing this. And when I first saw him, I thought, what a nutcase. You know, I'd lose all my change if I did that. And then I realized one night, it's a Sunday evening service. Most of the people, service had ended, but the worship went on, and many had left, and he was still up there. And it dawned on me, 
He's jumping for Jesus. He loves the Lord. I should be him. I should desire to be like him. That's who God wants. Yourself. Don't be like Troy unless it comes natural. All right? Let me add that. Be you. But if you feel like jumping, lifting hands, it's, it's scriptural. If you don't, the rocks will do it for you. Be honest with the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. He already knows everything about you. All the issues, troubles, abuse. He knows. Nothing he can't help you through. Someday we're going to be in glorified bodies. We're going to, we're going to be changed in the instant. The twinkling of an eye. We're going to be transformed into our glorious bodies. But until then, we get to deal with this stuff. And like Paul said, got this thorn, Lord. And the Lord said, eh, don't worry about the thorn. My grace is sufficient. You will get your strength in that weakness because I'm going to give it to you. Maybe you're here today and you say, yeah, that's me. I got a weakness. <laughs> and I need to know that the Lord is with me in this. Would you bow your heads and hearts? I need to know that God really does love me like, like Paul. He's got a plan and a future for me. I just need help getting through day to day right now. But I want to start setting my goals higher. I want to become this person that comes to God, worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. If that's you, would you lift your hands? You need it. You know you need it. Hallelujah. Hands going up. Hands going up. Thank you. Thank you. If you're here today, maybe you're... You've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Listen, that's number one. That's step one. Because until you get to that place, you're not a child of God. God still loves you. Even while we're in our sins, he loves us. And he was willing to die for us. But if you're here today and you've not said yes to Jesus, I want to pray with you. I don't want you to leave until you have that opportunity. If you need Jesus, just lift your hand up so I can see it. Anybody? Yep, yep. Anybody else? You can put them down. Thanks. All right. I'd like to pray as a family. And then I'm going to ask the worship team if you'd come back. That song that you guys sang today, oh, man, I was so revved up when I saw it. And I feel like it's just going to do something here. And after we pray, we're going to sing this song once through. And then if you feel led at all to come up, just cement whatever it is we're praying for right now for you. Cement that up here. Whether it's on your knees, you don't have to do that, or just lifting your hands up, standing up. I don't care, but I want you to, to come forward if you feel led to and just uh, renew that relationship, that right relationship with him today. All right, let's pray this as the worship team gets ready. Father God, everybody pray with me. Father God, Abba Father, Daddy, I come to you today as a little child. I humble myself. I need you. I'm broken. I admit it. The Bible says I am. All have sinned, fallen short of God's glory. Today I just admit it. I'm one of those. So now, I come to you. 
in the name of Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Make me a new person. Help me to live all the days I have left as a worshiper. Not in false pretense. Not a pretender. But as I am, just as you made me. Help me to grow in you. Stronger. More faithful. To understand the Bible. The Word of God. Help me with that, Lord. And I pray today that when I come to you as a little child, something new would happen. That you would begin a new work within me as only you can. I pray this in the name of Jesus, my loving Savior. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So as we close this week, be this person. Thank you, Bill, for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be this person this week. Jump into his arms. Listen, you might be here today and you say, ah, what a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. Give him a try. Amen. What do you got to lose? Is your life so awesome now that... Give him a try. Ask your friends if they're believers. What do I need to do next? We've got a little booklet. Uh, Brother uh, Jerry back there's got a handful of them. We'd love you to walk out with it. It's called The Seven Basics. That'll help get you off on your feet. And if you need a Bible, he's got a small Bible with him as well. So please avail yourself of that if you need that. Hey, I love all of you. I believe God loves us. Or he wouldn't be putting these messages in my heart. Thank you, Lord. And I hope you're getting as much out of it as I'm feeling. Because he wants to take us to a new level. So let's spend this week just worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Let's be that person. Jump up into his arms, figuratively, of course. It would hurt if there wasn't anyone there. Just love on him and let him love on you. Father, we thank you again for what you're speaking into this body. Every one of us are your kids. And Lord, today we just invite you to have your way. Now keep us safe in our coming and in our going. Bless the food that the men have prepared over there for lunch. Lord, give us strength and nourishment. We love you. We commit the people of the hope and of the church, Lord, into your hands. In Jesus' mighty name we all pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need anything, uh, grab us. Otherwise, hopefully we'll see you next week.